0: That I talk to social media gives you a pit in your stomach. It's a chore, you don't like it, it's hard to figure out what you're gonna post about. I'm telling you, I love it. I love it and I'm good at it, and I will help you be good at it too. If you need help with your social media strategy, or you just want someone to do it for you. I am your gal. I am taking on some new clients for 2021. And really, we need to get prepared because all of a sudden, business is going to start humming along again. And I would love to help you have new followers and new pairs of eyes on your accounts so that you are ready to take the world by storm. I can do press releases. I can help you have a public relations strategy. Or I can just simply help you do social media to get it off your plate so you are not dreading it every day. Feel free to reach out to me at shansen, H-A-N-S-E-N, Hansen marketing at gmail.com and let me know how I can help you up your social media game in 2021. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Makers of Minnesota. I'm Stephanie Hansen. And this is the program where we talk to cool people doing cool things and I'm very pleased today to be with Salvia Lani. She is a young female entrepreneur who is doing something that I wish somebody would have done in my life 30 years ago. And that is she is making what's called Arctic Denim. And it is denim that can be worn in the winter seasons for Minnesota folks. And it's made right here. Welcome to the program.
1: Hey, thanks so much for having me. I I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, I loved it. So I think I read about you first. Oh, you know what? Maybe I'm trying to think of how I first heard about you. And it might've been from Allison Kaplan from Twin Cities Business Magazine. She, we were talking about the winter time. And right now when I'm talking to you, it's the end of February, but coronavirus, we knew the winter was going to be hard and long and we were going to be spending lots of time outside. And we were all like talking about like what are we going to wear just these hideously ugly snow pants and these giant jackets and is there going to be anything that's going to be cute to go to a brewery or sit outside on a date and you have solved all that will you tell me how it is that you develop these these wonderful winter weather jeans.
1: Yeah, so I'm originally from Hawaii. I've lived in Minnesota for about six years now. And I honestly was just tired of freezing my tush off. I'm I'm a freeze baby. <laughs> so yeah. I I've been experimenting with different types of winter gear and like what works for me. And I really didn't I one of the things I really don't like is feeling like a marshmallow when I go outside. I'm a very active person. I like to hike. I like to be outside in wintertime. It really, really helps get through the winter. But when you're wearing so many layers, you just, you feel like you want to just fall down in the snow and stay there. (laughs) It's so much added fluff. So I have a, a background in apparel design and textile development. And I came up with this fabric that looks like denim so i'm a big jeans wearer but it has a specialized waterproof windproof breathable membrane bonded to the fabric so you get all the functionality of wearing um, like high-tech snow pants waterproof windproof but you look like you're wearing jeans so it's less bulky and it's more fashionable kind of cute you can wear it out on a hike or to the bar
0: yeah they're adorable And you have like boot cut and kind of like a traditional for women, you have a boot cut for men. And then you also have like a high rise skinny, which you're a millennial, I think it's fair to say. So I'm hearing that uh, skinny jeans that like that is the if you're wearing skinny jeans, apparently, and you're not a millennial, you are basically old. It's like a boomer thing. So I'm never giving up my skinny jeans. So I was like on your site. I'm like, I'm going to buy these before they stop making them. So let's just talk a little bit. So you went to fashion school. Had you been designing other things when you decided
1: to design these pants? So I have a full-time job. So I help design for another company. And and then I also do this. So I kind of got two full-time jobs. <laughs> but I, I made, I think it was two years ago. We had the negative 60 with windchill, and I had just bought my first home, and I didn't really think through the corner lot thing, and I was outside shoveling. It's so much snow that year. It was so cold, and I kind of had this idea, and I made myself a prototype, and I was testing it out outside, and I realized that I was cold everywhere except on my legs. I was cold on my feet. I was cold on my hands. I was cold on my top half but I wasn't cold where I was wearing the jeans. And that's kind of when I realized that I needed to make these and sell them to the public of Minnesota.
0: Is there any competition in this arena? Like I've never seen these before.
1: There's plenty of outdoor apparel um, and it is, you know, it's a growing industry, but I have not seen anyone that is making these. Anything like jeans that are that function as snow pants. So these are the first of their kind.
0: So without like, I don't know, I don't want to get you in trouble with your day job. Does your day job know that you're doing
1: this? They do. They do. They're super supportive. Thankfully, my the company I work for is kind of the complete opposite. They make they make apparel for summertime. So it it worked out well.
0: (laughs) And and to have a job in the fashion and designing apparel industry is Pretty cool. And it's surprising that there are so many of those jobs based in the Twin Cities. Uh, one of the things knowing and talking with people that are making clothing, sewing is really something that's a skilled labor that we don't have a lot of. Have you had trouble like finding people to sew
1: your items? So having a background in apparel, that is one of the reasons I really wanted to have my, um, have Arctic denim sewn in the U.S. A lot of there's there's not a lot known like the the general public doesn't really know how their clothes are made and where they come from but when you have a background in apparel you're more familiar with what's going on overseas what's going on in the factories what it actually costs to make the garment overseas versus what you're paying for it and how much of that cost actually goes to the workers so sustainable and ethical manufacturing was very important to me and that's why I decided to have my um, garments sewn in in Minneapolis. I did have a little bit of trouble finding the right crew but I love my crew Um, and like they're a small company and they're they're starting to get more traction and everything and it's really nice to be able to just go there and sit down and talk to them about the product and they know my product and they're behind it because they live here. So that that was really important to me. And I'm, I'm happy that I was able to do that here. I just read
0: a statistic that I thought was shocking. And I think it was like 10% of the greenhouse gases are from the fashion industry that people have no idea. They don't think about any of the repercussions of where your clothes are made. And I just was like, wow, you hear about factory farming and all the other things, but you really don't ever think about fashion. So I thought that was really cool that you are thinking about that and thinking about a livable wage and how you can, I guess, be a good steward of your community. What's so great is so many young entrepreneurs like yourself are, you guys are like the whole package, right? So you have these ideas, and then you take that idea and you think about, not only how you can make it good for the buyer, but how you can make it good for your workers, and how you can make a sustainable living out of it, and for your community. How do you think that you learned how to be that kind of individual? Did you grow up like that?
1: So I I have an interesting past. I was raised by a single mother. Um, she worked three jobs, but she is she is a, she's a teacher, and so she, okay. at a young age she recognized that I had kind of a different type of drive and learning style. And so um, when we moved from Hawaii, we actually moved to the East Coast for a specialized type of schooling. It's called Sudbury schooling. And it's kind of like, kind of like Montessori and Waldorf on steroids, where where the the students get, um, they get all the resources they want. They're not required to take any classes, but you are able to pursue anything that you're interested in. It's kind of learn at your own pace. And the model is, based on learning happens everywhere and every day and not just in the classroom. And that that is like definitely made me who I am. Um <laughs> it's been I've recognized it throughout creating this business because I don't know how to do something, but I just figure it out. Like, okay, I don't I don't know how to build a website. I'm going to watch YouTube videos, and I'm going to teach myself how to code the website and, you know, make these 3D images that spin around in circles. And that, I I definitely see where that schooling came into play with this business.
0: Yeah, that's pretty neat. Good for your mom for recognizing that in yourself. So you go to fashion school, and then is this your first full-time job in the design world? No, it's not.
1: I've, I've been through a couple. Um, I, I graduated high school very early and also college very early. Um, so I've been in the fashion industry for a bit now. It's, it's kind of crazy to think about.
0: <laughs> it's, a, uh, it's a really brutal business. I mean, people love it and there's a lot of glamour to it. But in the day-to-day of it, it can be really, really challenging. Do you anticipate wanting to go full-time in your own business at some
1: point? That is the goal. Um, You know, with entrepreneurship, you want to you want it to be so successful that you can do that full time and be your own boss. Um, It's it is the goal. Eventually, it is definitely it's going to take some work to get there, because with starting a small company, um, like I'm completely self-funded. And that's why I'm only able to offer limited sizes right now and only do small production runs is because all of the funding for Arctic Denim is coming out of my own pocket.
0: Would you want an infusion of cash if an uh, investor were to come along, or are you doing that
1: intentionally to try to keep control of your business? I am interested in exploring all opportunities. I I definitely, you know, people have been emailing me asking for, you know, a cu- Thirty-four length jeans, and I'm like, I wish I could do that. If you know any angel investors, please send them my way. This is the second year that I've been running this, and it's like I said, it's a it's a learning experience. I've never done anything like this before, so kind of just rolling with it. Um, and I think that is the next step: trying to get some some help financially to expand the business. What do you think that help would look like? Like,
0: do you have a sense of
1: okay, if somebody were to
0: give us twenty thousand dollars, we could buy X amount of fabric or higher X amount of sewers? Or do you have like a real clear definition of what that looks like? Not
1: yet. This year was very difficult. Um, That was one thing that I was going to be starting to think about this year. But with COVID, our production was extremely delayed. Our fabric is still imported from overseas. There aren't a whole lot of fabric mills in the U.S., that have the capabilities to do bonding, so I'm still um, importing the fabric from overseas, and you know it was it was supposed to be here in August, <laughs> didn't get here till the end of December. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we um, we got a late start this year, but um, in the in my my downtime with Arctic denim, at least, so in the warmer months, that is one thing that I'm going to be looking at more for next year like what would that look like for an investor um to come to come in as be and be a partner when you
0: have a full-time job and then you have your company
1: that's also a full-time job because you
0: there's a lot of people with we'll call them side hustles just because people know what that means do you like have set amount of hours that you work on the business or are you just working on it all the time
1: when you're not working so thankfully, since it's seasonal, I do get a little bit more time to myself to you know sleep um, in the warmer months. But in the winter, it's kind of it's kind of wall to wall. Like I will get done working on my regular job and then start working on Arctic Denim in, until late at night. Like I, it, it, it's pretty busy. It's definitely a lot. I'm looking forward to growing the business and getting some help. Thankfully, I've great friends that are really supportive. And when I get a ton of orders and like, Hey, come over, have some pizza, let's ship these out. Like, so that Mm -hmm. is the, the support from my family and friends. And then everyone else that has learned about this has been super helpful because at times it's like, Oh my God, why did you do this? This is so much, (laughs) but it's, it's very bolstering to, to have that support.
0: I imagine that social media has been a big factor for you. Do you do it yourself? And how do you get the word out about your
1: product? So, yep, yeah, uh, we are on social media. We're on Instagram and Facebook. And that is another thing that I'm I'm learning more about. <laughs> for a millennial, I'm kind of bad at social media. <laughs> sure. Well, you're a creative type, so. Yeah, but um, that is something that I'm... Um, learning more about marketing and um, getting the word out. Last year, um, we had an article in the Star Tribune and that had such a great response that I pretty much like sold out of all of everything that people wanted right away. So that was great. And then this year we were featured on Carol Evans behind the business and got a lot of sales generated through that and a lot more followers um, through that those um, channels as well.
0: Are there local businesses that you like admire or people that you see and you're just like, oh, they're doing it right?
1: Yeah. So, so um, one of the people that I really admire is VA um, Aprons. I don't know. Yeah. Kate. She, she is just doing it. She's awesome. She's been super supportive to me throughout this that was really cool. Another, another business that's local, that is also, um, I believe sewn here too. Sorry. Yes, it is sewn here is Wild Isles Swimwear um, with Alyssa. She is, she's wonderful. We used to work together too, which is really nice. So I'm, I have, uh, I I have ideals to get there someday too, (laughs) where they're at. Yeah.
0: I believe that you, you will. And what's cool is you know, because we don't have a lot of people in this field necessarily at the level that you're at. So I love it that you guys have reached out and have the opportunity to work together. Kate will be on the podcast, I think in the next couple of weeks, I recorded with her a few weeks back. And we talked about kind of the sewing, the problem about finding sewers and training sewers. What do you think is like do you think that big picture you can grow like a whole
1: line of this type of clothing because it seems like you could yeah so this year i'm actually launching a a jacket to go with the jeans so if you are the canadian tuxedo wearing type um i personally i do rock (laughs) that sometimes um the jacket is awesome it is it is so warm um honestly I wear it instead of my Marmont jacket. That was about double the cost sometimes through winter. Um, So that, that's the top to go with it. I'm um, entertaining the possibility of doing a vest. because I've had some requests for that, but other than that, I think I'll just have these core styles like the, the men's and women's bottoms, one to two cuts of jean each, and then the tops and the, uh, the jacket and the vest, and then potentially start to grow the uh, the sizing like in the, in the length for the jeans. So I am getting yeah. a lot of requests for that.
0: Yeah, a 34. I looked for my husband and I was like, oh, they stop at 32. It's funny that you mentioned the Canadian tuxedo, because for those of you that don't know, there was uh, Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears long ago at the Grammy Awards in full head-to-toe denim and I don't know if that's where it started, but that was the first time I'd heard that term, the Canadian tuxedo.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a good cute. look, in my opinion. <laughs> Real but cute. One thing I'm also kind of thinking about and seeing if this would be feasible, just to not, since it is hard to produce all these different sizes for um, jeans, like because they come in so many different sizes, is, is um, I've been thinking about doing custom orders So made to order jeans or jackets, which would be super helpful to me because there's less upfront costs and there's less inventory. Um, Being a small business, I don't really have a like a a space. I, I have a sew team that is in the Thorpe building, but everything is run out of my house. I have all my production in my basement at this point in time. And so having less inventory to sit on at one time. Um, would be great too. So I'm, I'm entertaining that, but with fast fashion right now, we expect to get, you know, we placed an order and we expect to get it within a week. So if I did made to orders, the lead time would be longer. It'd be like at least two weeks. And I'm wondering if that would really work for how, what people's expectations are with this. Um, it's, it's been called slow fashion. It's coming back, but it's not coming back as rapidly as fast fashion is still growing. And maybe it's not a an
0: either or, maybe it's an and. So you have these choices online that people can click and pick, but that if someone wants, you know, a 34 or something, there's more opportunity and the lead time is longer. And it doesn't get you one way or the other, but it keeps you in that middle
1: lane, maybe long enough until you can get more traction yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Um, and I've it's been really awesome to have people actually take the time to reach out and be like, hey, can you offer this? Like, is this something that you can do? I'm really interested in your product, but you don't have what I'm looking for. Or here's a suggestion for you. So that's been really nice. Cause like I said, I'm I'm just I'm just flying by the seat of my pants, <laughs> learning as I go. <laughs> yeah, literally.
0: We're in kind of a weird time too, because shopping is is different. People aren't necessarily going into retail and touching and feeling and looking around. And for your product in particular, that might be something that's useful. So I do feel like while we're in this pandemic time, that's a unique position for you because people are spending so much time outdoors. There's also at some point we will get back to some sort of shopping environment. And I can see you having a lot of success in a, in a Minnesota made store, where you're with other Minnesota makers, there might be some synergies in terms of the sewing capabilities. And so I just feel like you're really on the cusp and I want to uh, applaud you. I think your mom did a great job raising you number one and her working so hard. You clearly have a great work ethic. And that is something that people don't talk about very much. It's a thing. It's the thing because if you have the best idea in the world or you you know, have the most smarts of anybody we know, if you don't put those skills to work, it doesn't matter. Everything you want to do is just hard work, determination, asking for help, asking for money, all these skills that are really hard to develop. And, you know, that's what it takes to build your business. So we started out this call and I hope you don't mind my saying this. You said, I'm really nervous. I'm learning how to kind of be more of the spokesperson for my own business. I think you've done a a great job today. And knowing that about yourself and sort of pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and trying new things, that is how you're going to make it. It just is. And I love talking to you. I love hearing your story. I can't wait to share it. I'm actually, I'm recording this in February and I've got some shows in the can, but I'm going to bump yours up because we need to get, you've got some stuff on sale on the website and we got to get it out during the winter, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. I, I'm kind of more of the like mad scientist type. Like I create all these things and do, I'm the doer and I'm, I'm definitely yep. learning how to be the speaker too. Cause with a small business, it's, you know, you're the, you're the founder, owner, designer, shipper, shipping department, everything. Yes. Uh, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and shipping's hard. Like that seems like that should be, I had a business where we did a ton of shipping and I'm just like, it just should be easier. Like, I don't know. It's such a dumb thing, but it's really, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of ins and outs and just seems like it should be easier, but that's a whole nother podcast. Um, Thank you so much for being my guest today. I really appreciate you being on the program and good luck with Arctic denim. It's super cute. It's fashionable. I love the look of it and I can't wait to help promote you and help people find your business. And if people want to reach out to you, I'll have the information on how they can do that in the show notes. And if you know angel investors, if you know people that want to invest in a smart Minnesota made company, I'm sure that you'd be open to hearing from those people too.
1: Yes, please. Yeah. Um, All the listeners, please check out our products and um, our mission on our website at www.arcticdenim.com. There are links to our social media on there as well. And then also on the contact us page, you can get in in contact with me directly. I love it.
0: Thank you so much for being a guest on Makers of Minnesota.
1: Thank you so much for having me.